Welcome to the Together We're Better podcast, where we explore all the ways it takes a village to raise a child and highlight the amazing work that partners are doing in Kenosha County. I'm your host, Lawrence Kirby, the Community Engagement Network Manager at Building Our Future. Welcome, thank you everybody for tuning in. BOF is a collective impact organization that brings together people, ideas, and resources so that we can help students and families in Kenosha County be successful. Today, my guests are members of the Kenosha Fire Department's Recruitment and Diversity Committee, which was established in about 2021 and has done some amazing work in our community in just a short amount of time. Gentlemen, welcome. How y'all doing today? Doing Very good. well. Thank you. Good, good, good. I'm so happy uh, to have you all with us on the podcast. The first thing we're going to do is I want to give each of you a moment to introduce yourself. So tell us your name, uh, your rank or title, and how long you've been with Kenosha Fire. We'll start with Chief Bigley. Well, like you already said, uh, my name is Chris Bigley. I'm the fire chief with Kenosha Fire Department, and I'm into my 33rd year with the department. Uh, my name is Ezekiel Tompkins. I am a driver for the Kenosha Fire Department, and I've been on the department for about 20 years. Uh, my name is Tim Lewis. I'm a lieutenant with Kenosha Fire, and I've also been on the department about 20 years. Awesome. So we're here to talk about this committee that you guys put together and have had active roles in since it started. Um, so I want to go back to the beginning a little bit and tell our audience just some background information so they understand how everything started. So my first question is, tell us about the Diversity and Recruitment Committee at the Kenosha Fire Department. Just some of the information. How many members? What exactly do you do? That kind of stuff. And Zeke, do you want to kick us off with an answer to that question? Yeah, sure. Uh, we have six line personnel. Um, it's me, uh, Lewis, um, Sosa, Kaminsky, Tolbert, and Galuski. Um, it's made up of a variety of individuals. We have some lieutenants that are on it. We have a couple of drivers and we have some firefighters on it. So it ranges the spectrum of uh, positions on the job. So that is able to give us different perspectives on what we are feeling the department needs. Um, we also have Samantha from HR, um, who is helping us tremendously. And we have our Chief Bigley, who is, I would guess, the, the spearhead of what we're doing. Uh, he's the one that is supporting us and giving us the backing we need to make things happen. The chief shook his head, no, he is not the spearhead. So he wanted, he wanted to get out of that as quickly as he could, right? But, but no, I think it's great you all's approach to putting this committee together. It speaks to a principle that's really important in our organization and the work that we do, and it's making sure that we center voices closest to the problem, right? So one of the ways to do that is, like you said, to make sure there's people that represent different facets of what it means to be a firefighter, right? Different positions so that as you're making decisions, as you're forging a path forward, you know, you, you have that input from people that represent different areas. So kudos to you guys for doing that. Um, Tim, would you answer that same question? Um, tell us a little bit from your perspective just about the Diversity and Recruitment Committee in general. So it was a group of individuals with uh, the similar interests um, that was put together. We were approached as an apartment by Chief Bigley. Um, to my knowledge, it was the um, most, we had the most interest in this committee of any committee we've ever had on the fire department. So there was quite a bit of interest in it. So the six of us that were chosen feel very privileged to be chosen and be a part of this. Um, so I, I think it came from just a desire to um, increase 
the number of applications, but not only just the number, but the quality and the di diversity of those applicants uh, with the goal of um, having our workforce represent um, the demographics of our city. Nice, nice. Uh, so Chief, I want to start this question with your answer, um, and then we'll give opportunity for the other members to weigh in as well. So what led to the formation of the Recruitment and Diversity Committee? Um, tell us, how did everything start? Whose idea? Let's go back to the beginning. There was a number of things, and it, it came about from a bunch of different uh, factors. Uh, one, there was an internal complaint about something that was put on Facebook. And that complaint was one of our members had put something on that, uh, let's just say, was not in the best of taste and uh, really questioned some things racially. And that came on the heels of civil unrest. So we also had civil unrest going on in the city. And at that time, I was the deputy um, chief. So going forward, uh, we recognized that, hey, our recruitment numbers were down. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But uh, historically, um, when I went through the process, we had anywhere from six to 900, as much as 900 candidates. And we were starting to get to the 100s. Um, so recruitment was really important. But with that recruitment, you're looking to affect the makeup of your department. And so we, we really did a, a quick look at what we had from a diversity standpoint, and we really struggled. And in fact, the fire service in general struggles. In fact, even law enforcement does better than we do as an as a industry, if you want to call it that. So how do we go about this? Hold on and, one second, Chief. I want to, that's such an interesting dynamic, you know, because you would think, law enforcement would struggle more with diversity challenges be, because of just how high profile the job can be. Like, we, you know, with videos and all the stuff that happens around the country. Uh, but it's interesting that, that the fire service, you know, has, is struggling currently versus law enforcement in terms of diversity application. I think that's why it's so important to look at, like, data versus just narratives, right? Because you can assume, oh, well, obviously because of this, you know, these folk would have different numbers. But it's when you look at your own information, your own data, you're able to kind of see past narratives or stories that people tell to like what's actually happening in our organization. So it's great that you all started with kind of, you're looking at data, you're trying to understand what is the makeup of our department, where is there potential for growth, where do we have needs? Um, yeah, I, I think that's great. But I'm sorry, continue, no, please. No, no problem. And there's, I could even speak to that a little bit more too. Um, it is unique and, and reaching out to other chiefs and what they struggled with and uh, reaching out to diverse chiefs to try and get their kind of feedback because you just don't know what you don't know. And yeah. I know that's a, that's a coin phrase. But then the third piece that really kind of drove it home was, um, I don't remember exactly what year it was. I'm going to say 2021. The, um, the city administration had directed its department heads to try and go through REI's uh, uh, phase one training, which is a DEI initiative training. It's, um, it's a pretty intense day and a half training. Yeah. And um, so we went through that and it, it opened my eyes to a lot of things there too. So once we looked at all those things, all those things came about, um, we said, we got to do something about this. So like the other two gentlemen already talked about, um, we put something out and I'll give you the numbers. Um, we asked for volunteers, and I had 28 volunteers out of a, of a department of 150. 
Uh, that doesn't sound like a lot. But most of the time when I ask for volunteers for different committee positions, I'm looking at one or two. Wow. So there definitely was an enthusiasm. And then you take the other individuals that were ultimately uh, chose to do the job, um, their enthusiasm's off the charts. And that's why you saw me shaking my head when I said I'm the spearhead. Uh, I, I can try and make sure that they have the resources they need, but they, are, they need to be in the forefront and be recognized for the work that they're doing in this, uh, in this venture. So. Wonderful, thank you so much, Chief. Um, Zeke, same question. Uh, what led to the formation of the Recruitment and Diversity Committee uh, from your perspective? Chief has given us his perspective of formation, uh, but as you kind of get the call or find out this idea is circulating, tell us your, your, your kind of view of that story. Well, I would say it started with the same um, incident. Um, I was brought in for conversations with the chief, um, and through all the conversations, some of the stuff that came up is one thing that could help with race relations is to have a more diverse, um, a more diverse workforce, only because. In the fire department, you have conversations that you probably will never have in any other job. Like the subjects we touch on, I'll tell my wife at home, like, yeah, we talked about this today. And she's like, I would never, or you're not allowed to talk about a subject like that. Okay. And like, you'll talk about uh, religion, which my wife is like, oh, we don't even touch on that. We'll talk about race issues. Subjects that you're, you aren't allowed to I would say talk about in other places. Okay. Uh, we talk about there. And now, why it, would you say that is? Would you say it was just because of the culture of the fire service and the amount of time you spend? I would say it's it's the amount of time we spend together. Okay. And the fire department, we are we are building relationships with each other. Mm -hmm. And you have to sometimes you have to get to know the person you're working with, and some of that is their background. And with their background, conversations come up about how you grew up. You grew up this way. Um, and you have different perspectives of how people grew up. And I think that leads to understanding different groups of people. Okay. And when you understand different groups of people, not just from afar, but closely, um, it gives you a different perspective on how they live. Like we have a we have a person that's, whose family is from Palestine. And so he gives, he, gives you his, he gives you his perspective on it, and he gives you his history with his grandmother in Palestine and all that, where it hits a little bit, it hits home a little bit stronger, mm -hmm. and it gives you a different perspective than just what you see on, on TV and thinking that one side is right and one side is wrong. You, you recognize how how complicated yeah. the issue of Israel and Palestine is, right? You know, when you have those relationships and can hear those perspectives, yeah, right. And I think um, the more people we have from different backgrounds, those more conversations we get to have, and the more, and then the more just empathetic you are to different different groups of people, and I think that makes us better. Yeah. Um, I think I answered your question. I went on a tangent. <laughs> no, you did great, man. It was good. After 
I, I, I know Zeke was touching on something. I just want to expand on it because I, I don't know how much the people that would be listening would understand this. Um, I, I want to use the word that's probably most important. It's, it's the strength and it's the nemesis of the fire service. Mm. We're a family. And as you know, who did you fight with more than anyone in your family? <laughs> was your family. Yeah. But who did you also have the most conversations? And when you're sleeping and eating and you live there, yeah. you're sitting around that dinner table, uh, you don't break bread with people you don't at least like or want to have that opportunity to have the conversation. So it is during those times that those conversations that Zeke talked about occur. And I don't think any other job really allows that environment. You know, even the PD, they, they get in their own squad cars and they're on their own. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very unique and good and sometimes bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you for that context. It, it completely makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Tim, I want you to start off with the answer to this question. Okay. Uh, so the committee is organized, right? You guys get started. Tell us a little bit about the process of developing goals and objectives, um, because that was kind of the first step, right? Coming together and kind of trying to figure things out. And yeah. T tell, tell us your experience. What was it like? So when we started, we got that group of six line personnel and we were we were all super passionate and we had we had some ideas that we all had some different ideas. And I think even the first meeting, I would say, I don't know, we showed up angry. Like everybody's <laughs> yelling and we need to do this. We need to do that. We're throwing stuff out. It was like throwing food against the wall and seeing what would stick. But we had, we had a lot of passion, a lot of energy, but we didn't have a lot of direction. And we didn't know how to, we didn't know how to direct all that energy we had. So um, I think bringing in building our future. We worked with some people from Parkside. Uh, they were able to come in and direct our ideas and our thoughts. And I think part of being firefighters is we get a call, we go out, we fix the problem, we go home. And we all had this idea of like, we're going to fix this stuff overnight. And we had, someone had to teach us that there's some long-term goals in this. There isn't a lot of stuff we're going to do today that's going to make it better tomorrow. So we had to kind of I think temper those expectations. Um, so they kind of helped us throw our, our, our ideas up on some charts. And um, I think from there, we, we categorized um, some of our goals, some internal, some external, and then we timelined some stuff too. We had some, some goals that were a little shorter term, some that were longer term. And then um, from there, I think we attached timelines of when we wanted to accomplish stuff. So it made, I think it took some of the frustration level yeah. down a little bit of, okay, this isn't going to happen tomorrow. It might happen six months down the road, maybe a couple of years down the road. Um, so I think just the way building our future and some of the people at Parkside were able to help us organize and have some realistic timeframes um, helped us kind of get on the path of actually accomplishing things instead of just being passionate with ideas. Nice, nice. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, Zeke, tell us kind of some more from your perspective of that process of developing goals and objectives. <laughs> and well, the first thing I had to learn was some of the language. Yeah, like, shared language. Like, um, my wife was is more involved in things like this with her job at Parkside. Okay. So she already knew about EDI. And I was I had to ask her, what does EDI even mean? DEI, the D first. She says she started with EDI, equity, diversity, inclusion. 
But then she would go to Jedi, which is justice, equity, diversity, and um, inclusion. Oh, that's deep. That's yeah. Deeper than so, what I know. And I had to, first I had to learn what it meant. Like, what are we even trying to accomplish? Yeah. Because you hear the word diversity, and it, the word kind of seems like it should be divisive. Like what we're not trying to divide everyone with the word diversity because you could have 30 Caucasian people in the room together and they could all be extremely diverse with just how they grew up, where they grew up, what religion they are, what they identify identify as. So, but I know the diversity we were trying to accomplish right in the beginning was, I would say, skin color and race like and that was to just help build relationships with the community and reflect the community more but as we've developed we we have gotten more in not i wouldn't say more into our ideas on diversity have expanded um okay. yeah because we even got into one more recent trainings we've had is going over transgenders. So I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to say is that we are learning how to do this. And it's been groups like Building Our Future, it's been Parkside that has helped us l know what we are trying to learn. Social Current has been helping us out. Um, there's many organizations that have been helping us out and that we have been working with to discover what we should be trying to accomplish. Not just bringing in a diverse group of people, but as we're bringing in that diverse group of people, have them feeling accepted. Yeah, that's right. And we're not going to, I'm not trying to say that we're going to change everything just for one person, but to have an understanding that this person is different than you, they've grown up totally, they could have grown up totally different than you. Now we have to add to our culture. Mm -hmm. We need to possibly get rid of some things in our culture, but we're not trying to change the culture of the Kenosha Fire Department totally. Because I think there are some great men and women that we work with that are very accepting, but we're just trying to add some things to what we know already. Yeah, yeah I think so. Number one, thank you. Like you guys have said some great things already in answering this question. Um, you know, but you hit on something with you know diversity is not about dividing people, and I think it's super important. Um, you know, America is often referred to as a melting pot, right? And we recognize that there's all these different people groups that make up this identity that is America. Um, and so in a similar fashion, we look at our organizations and we look at entities like the fire department. And how can we make sure the fire department is also, you know, representative of all the different people groups that make up this community and see it as a as a strength? You know, different folks understanding each other, working together and building that collaborative culture, um, you know, that that allows you all to continue to be great at, at what you do as a fire service. So, and, and one other thing I wanted to add was, one of our goals was to let people know that this job is accessible. That's good. Like, you can accomplish this. And as we con continue to grow as a committee, we want to be able to mentor people that are thinking about coming into this job. Like, it doesn't matter your background, this job is accessible to you. Um, that's, yeah, yeah. That's good, thank you. Okay, Chief, I want you to start uh, answering this next question. 
So why is it important to continue the work that you guys have started? For many reasons. Um, but I'm going to actually use one of the words in the question because it is so important. Um, and, and I know that sounds like, why would you answer it that way? Uh, first of all, on a personal level, you don't start something if you don't really mean it and then just stop doing it and just continue on. You're not just knee-jerk reaction. And the reason I speak to that is because I felt in the community on a whole, um, there was a lot of that after the civil unrest, and I've already seen parts of the community kind of just forget and go on and uh, not react to those changes that were brought forward. But the most important thing is, is uh, we want to continue to increase the diversity of our department, but probably the prime reason to continue to work on this is that internal uh, to embrace the diversity we do have and be able to get from that because with that diversity comes strength. With those different opinions, whenever you're looking at a problem, you're looking at a problem from a bunch of different perspectives or angles. And we all have different perspectives. Sometimes it's our positions. Uh, I have driver, lieutenant, and chief. We all look at a problem slightly different. But also because of those life experiences, we look at problems differently. And especially in the fire service with many complex problems that we have, to be able to have that team to be able to do that um, is important. And sometimes that isn't always embraced. And it is only going to make us stronger, and, and we want to be stronger continuing on. This isn't just a once and done. So I think embracing that, that diversity that we do have and really building off of that and improving our product, if you want to call it that, that we provide for the citizens. So that's why it's so important. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Tim, why is it important to continue this work? I think a lot of what the chief said. Um, I think all of us on this committee, um, we, we wanted to be on it and we're on it because we, we love this department um, and we want to make it better. Uh, I think that's the goal of all of us is to make our department better. And I think um, by educating our, our members on um, that the differences we might have in total makes us stronger, like, like the chief said. Um, and by stronger, I think if we're more accepting of people or understand some cultural differences, it allows us to go out in the community and serve the citizens of the community better. If we have an understanding of some of their background, um, just the differences of people and just being able to accept differences, uh, different people for who they are. That's good. Okay, Tim, I want to stay with you for this next question. All right. Now, maybe somebody's listening and they're like, all this stuff sounds good, right? But what is the point? What are the results of investing time and even resources uh, into this project as a committee? Uh, can you share with us what have been some of the results of this work so far? Yeah, so result-wise, um, obviously our goal coming into this was to increase some diversity, um, make our internal already people already there um, more aware of diversity and differences and how to accept that. But ultimately, it was to increase um, not only diverse candidates, but candidates overall um, and quality of the candidates that we're, we're having apply for, for our department. Because um, ultimately, we want to hire good people that are going to go out in the community and do good work. So. Um, 2021 was kind of right, that hiring process was right before we started 
uh, this committee, and we only had 135 applications in 2021, which was an all-time low for Kenosha Fire Department. So I think that was one of the triggers of we can't even get people to apply for the job right now. So um, going through this year's uh, applicants, we had 135 back in 2021. Um, in the two years of this committee, we've seen a 25% increase in just our total applications. So the word is getting out there. Our recruiting efforts, I, I believe, are working. We're showing better, better numbers. Um, so typically the fire service has been looked at as a white male dominated industry. Um, and it kind of showed back in 21, we only had 1% of our applicants um, were female. And in the two years since, we've gone up to 12% and a 10% uh, being female. So solid increases just in our female candidates. Um, overall with, with our races, we've seen, um, with our backgrounds, we've seen an increase. And I think the most significant one we've seen is in our African-American population. From 21 to 23, we've had an increase of 79% um, applicants that are African-American in background. So, um, I think that shows we've gone into the community and addressed a group of people who maybe didn't think the fire department was for them or accessible. Going back to what Zeke said, we're trying to make people realize that this job is, is for anybody. Anyone can do it. So um, I think we've made some differences, not just in total number um, of applicants, but we've seen an increase in our females and we've seen an increase in every one of our minority um, categories and a significant increase in our African-American applicants. Awesome. Well, kudos to the fire department. Yeah, that's that's definitely uh, commendable what you guys has, has accomplished in just a couple of short years of, of establishing this committee and doing this work. Um, Zeke, what would you add to that? What, what, what are some of the results that you've seen um, of this work? Um, some of the results I've seen is uh, we've been involved in some more I guess minority-centric uh, community events. Okay. Um, one of the events that started us off was, it was Alder Person Griffin invited oh, okay. us to a Stop the Violence event. And after I went to the Stop the Violence event, I, some, I realized that a lot of this is about forming relationships. Mm -hmm. The relationship that I formed there was with uh, um, someone at Gateway. Okay. And then Gateway got us in touch with Parkside. Um, and it was Christian that got us in touch with Building Our Future. Okay. And those two relationships that are formed put us in the direction that we are going now. And then there's other relationships that are, were formed with, um, what's his name? Alvin. Alvin Owens. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So there's all these relationships that we are forming that are helping us bring our numbers up? There's, there, there's been a lot of things. And when you say, what are the results? Some of them are benefits to even individuals. Mm -hmm. And I'll take myself as an example. Um, I learned a lot. If you keep your eyes and your ears open, so to speak, and you listen. So one of the first, I don't know if you even remember this, Zeke, but one of the first things right when we started, I visited Alvin at the African-American, I think it's called the Business Alliance or Business Group. 
Um, and there was a lot of speculation, like, why am I here now? And then I ultimately got invited to one of what was called the casino night. And I went there with our deputy chief. And here's what I learned from that. We showed up. We spent about six or seven hours. We were there for a long time. Had a great time. It was a good um, fundraiser, wasn't it? <laughs> um, really had a good time. But in the weeks and months following, and I am not exaggerating, we were approached by people in the community as we were out. Uh, at that time, it was Chris Hannes and said, hey, thanks for coming. And we're really surprised you stayed. Wow. Uh, and I think the message that was sent there is, like I said before earlier, Sometimes these are just those empty, like, yeah, I'll show up because yeah. I got to show up. I'm going to actually do that sometime this week. I won't say where, because <laughs> you have to show up to a lot of things because they just want you there. That's but, right. Um, I think people realized, hey, it wasn't just, we're just going to show our face. And that was important and something that I guess I wouldn't have thought about had I not had the experience. So I, it's taught me a lot. So we've all benefited individually and as an organization and there's also, been a, there's also been some hard discussions, not necessarily amongst the group, but even with other members of the department. And those discussions have to occur. There has to be some pain in the process. There just has to be. That's right. So, Tim? Just to add on to what the chief said, I, I think to hit on one of his points of why are you here now, like, I think we've learned to, like, we need to be consistent with showing up to these community things, which we've really made an effort in doing like if we showed up just after you know civil unrest happened it, that's the question why are you here now well it takes time to build up those relationships which which we've had we've met some really great people in the community who want to help us out in turn we want to help them out and but it's forming those relationships and then being consistent and showing up to stuff not just that one time when we we're trying to start this up but continuing to show up mm -hmm. Yeah, bu building trust in communities is an important right. part, I think, for any organization, you know, especially as with the work you guys are doing. And, and it sounds like all of these things have helped the fire service begin to, to build trust in places where maybe there was not trust or maybe there was distrust for whatever reason. So, okay, this is the final question. Um, I want to start with Tim and then Chief and then Zeke. We'll go in that order. So what is next for the committee? Um, I'll just make it kind of simple on my end. Like we want to continue addressing our department, um, internally, um, and showing why it's important to be accepting of a diverse work workforce, um, and realizing the benefits of having that diverse workforce that, um, we can learn from people with different backgrounds. We can get different outlooks on things, different opinions on things. Um, which I think helps us grow as people and that helps us do our job better out in the community. Yeah, thank you. Chief? I, I think just like Tim talked about, maybe a little bit more in depth, we're gonna, we're gonna be limited into how we can affect the makeup of our department going forward. We're getting very young. Um, and that alone is a, a diverse kind of a change. Um, I'm old on the department and young people look at things differently. <laughs> so, but we're gonna have, we're going to lose some of the ability to affect that change, but we have to concentrate on the internal and where we're at. I think we have to continue those partnerships and those, those trust building, I'll call it, exercises with uh, outside stakeholders. And ultimately, we just have to make sure that we don't lose sight of this. The worst thing that could happen, and, and I know Tim said this and it sounds so simple, but 
I find it would be insulting to me, to all the people here, and to all the people that we've talked to if we all of a sudden just stopped doing it because we think, well, we did that. It's no longer a hot topic. We're not doing this because it's a hot topic. Maybe that's what brought it to the forefront. But we're doing this because it's important. And then continued education. We continue to send staff members to that REI training that we yes. talked about because you have to continue that. And um, ultimately, just keep bringing up the next generation. Uh, um, I always screw it up. The new, the, the mayor would kill me. His new, <laughs> his new building, the Brown Bank building, and Catherine Marks' project with the... the yeah, the, the Emerging Leaders Academy. Thank you. Thank the you. Kenosha Innovation Neighborhood. Thank and, you. So Emerging Leaders, um, that's how we get to the middle schoolers and uh, the grade schoolers and tell them that they can be firefighters too. Well, I know some of them want to be entrepreneurs and other things, but we need, to, we need to now start looking at the younger people that will be there in the next generation for the fire department. That's right. Yeah, it's kind of connected to what Zeke said earlier about access and making sure that, that younger people know, hey, this is a viable career choice and you have access to this opportunity. It can be for you. Okay. Zeke, what would you say? What is your answer to that question? What's next uh, for this committee? Um, next for the committee is just the continued community engagement um, and getting the, word out, getting the word out about things that we have done in the past. Um, we have our YouTube channel out that has uh, great videos that were made. Our most recent was a celebration of the Hispanic heritage of some of the members of our fire department. Um, and we have... Tips on there for, for interview tips, um, what our application process is about, recruitment videos. That is just us trying to get information out to the community about how you can become a firefighter and what it is like to be a firefighter. So I think we want to continue to give that information out to the community. Um, we are hoping to be invited to more events. Um, if you want us to come out to events, I'm not saying we can come out to every event, um, but you would get in touch with our mm, Chief Jake Waldschmidt about getting the Kenosha Fire Department to come out to an event. Um, and our Fire Prevention Bureau, and that is building those relationships that we like to build. And there are many, it's just not people on this committee that like engaging with the community, there are many people in this fire department that engage with the community and love sharing their passion of the fire department and building relationships with members in the community. And what's next for us is just continuing to get educated on what we are trying to accomplish. Um, because that's, that's what we need also. We need to get educated in how to engage with the community more um, and just being honest and truthful with the community. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Uh, congratulations on the results that you're seeing from the work that you've put in. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the future of this committee and this department. Um, if you're looking for more information on the Kenosha Fire Department and you're curious about the process, please go to that YouTube page, the Kenosha Fire Department's YouTube page, share information. Uh, if you're interested in a career with the fire service, you can start by sending an email to firecareer at kenosha.org. That's firecareer at kenosha.org. Thanks again, gentlemen. One more thing before we end. These are serious questions now, and you didn't know about these, okay? So, so let's get ready. 
Serious questions now. Okay. Tim, who's your favorite superhero? I'm a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, so I, I'm all about the Ninja Turtles. Okay, okay. Okay, Chief Bigley, best pizza in Kenosha. Oh. <laughs> Told you, these are the serious ones. You gave him the tough one. <laughs> Kaisers. I like Kaisers. Kaisers. Okay. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. They're, they're in there. Um, let me see. Zeke, if you could change your first name, what would you oh, change it to? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chief Bigley said Chris. <laughs> if I could change my first name. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be um, Malik. Malik, got you. Okay. <laughs> All right, for real this time. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks for taking some time. And thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for everything you've done. Thank you for tuning in to the Together We're Better podcast. It was such a good time being here with members of the Kenosha Fire Department. And again, if you're looking for more information, uh, you can connect to those resources I shared earlier. Shout out to KDM Networks for producing this podcast. And please share this with your family and friends. Have a great day, everybody.